So up next on the You Ain't Heard Nothing Yet podcast, we have a larger-than-life individual. He's been on BBC Radio and TV. He hosts and contributes to several different podcasts, has gigged all across Northern Ireland from Lavery's Comedy Club to the famous Ulster Hall, has played the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and is bringing his role-play show to the courthouse in Bangor on the 7th of December. And I can say from personal experience, after working with him on BBC Radio Ulster a few weeks back, he's a genuinely lovely, lovely person. And I mean it. Steve Elliott. Hello, how you doing, Jack? Thanks for having me. Very, very, that's a lovely introduction. Just sitting back, just enjoying being patted on the back there. It was a pleasure. <laughs> it's easy done <laughs> when you have change. when you have so many accolades. It's very, very easy done, Dave, you know? Oh, thank you. Stop it. Stop it. So be- before we get into this, I got to ask now for anybody who's listening on the podcast, I'll try and post this video. Is that an Illuminati uh, map behind you? You know what? <laughs> I've, I've, I've had a few people have asked me about this map over the years. Now, genuinely, what it is, is my dining room's just supposed to be a bit quirky. So right. it was kind of like, nothing's <laughs> more quirky than the Illuminati, you know? So, um, no, I just think it's, I just think it's an old school map of the world that kind of is a bit greeny yeah. and earth, earthen in colour. So I think it sort of matches the room. Um, well, that's what my wife's trying to go for. She's the interior designer of the house. I just kind of live in it, you know? So... <laughs> And then that was my my contribution as a Illuminati guy. So I just picked the the map, and here we are. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's a topic of conversation. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, for anybody who doesn't know yet, what do you do? What's your what's your whole crack? This this is this is always one of the most weird, the strangest questions asked for me personally. Now I've 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 narrowed it down to I'm a comedian. That's kind of what I've what I've <laughs> right. gone and stuck with because. I was, I used to work full time for the housing executive and I have yeah. left there a couple of years ago. So now that I'm kind of, you know, leaving my, my daughter to school and stuff and you, you have that awkward conversation with other parents, like, oh, so what do you do? And for a while I was kind of like, well, this and that, I kind of, you know, do stuff on, you know, <laughs> I made it about. And yeah, I do loads of kind of, and they're like, are you in the, are you paramilitary? Because that's what's hard. I'm like, no, I need, I need I need something to answer, so I've just gone comedian. I think that covers it. So to me, it's kind of like I think that's the black the, the umbrella term for for what how I would classify myself. So I'm a comedian that that is a jack of all trades. Some would say maybe a master of none, but yeah, I'm, I'm spoofing it and I'm enjoying it. You know, happy days, happy days. You know, how would you describe your comedy? Would it be dark? Would it be very self deprecating? Would it be whimsical? What would, is there a way to describe it? You know what? I, w- I would say very self deprecating. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, most of it now is about, uh, like observations about just my, my mundane life, my existence, <laughs> things along those lines. So I do try to dip in and out of, of bits and bits and pieces. There are some, maybe my, my new shows, maybe. It's a bit more ridiculous, maybe, than some of my previous efforts. It sort of get a wee bit kind of, you know, go off on, on pretty silly tangents and parts. But yeah, I would say for the most part, self-deprecating, observational about sort of day-to-day life, family life. I would say in terms of my actual stand-up, mm. sort of influenced maybe by the likes of like a Jack D, somebody who, you know, is like, oh, it's just so, like my character on stage is really like, I don't know why I've let my life get to this. I hate it. I have a wife of kids. I'm stuck. What they, I get nothing. I don't like anything. I complain about everything. That's kind of what okay. my, 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 my shtick would be. But, um, again, if something's funny, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a rattle. So if, if I think something's funny and there's been times I've thought something's real funny uh-huh. and it's not transpired to be, uh, 
something that's been received well by an audience. So, you know, it's trial and error, but yeah, for the most part, it would be just about sort of, you know, write about what you know. And for me, it's just being in the house with two young kids and a, and a wife, you know. <laughs> well, before I ask you sort of about family influences and all such things, can you remember back, because I want to take it right back, was there a moment uh-huh. when you can remember, actually, you know what, I'm pretty funny, or or I can make people laugh, or even you enjoy making people laugh? Yeah, like, I always, I think, like, I've always liked, that's the thing, I've always liked making people laugh. I think that's kind of, like, for me to make it a career, I think is, is like a, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm spoofing people, you know, it's almost <laughs> like, how can I do this? Is it, like, it's just all, all I've ever really wanted to do. Hmm. I, I remember, again, being forced to perform, like I think a lot of people, um, <laughs> by their parents and from yeah. their mates at the time, thinking, oh, I'm class here. My parents want to see me do this this dance, this cartwheel, this song. Um, when in reality, now with my own kids, I realize I just want to make a dick of me, you know? So <laughs> like, I can see that was sort of earlier memories. And then I just, mm. I think through school, I, I was always drawn more towards, you know, having the crack maybe than, than studying so much. And I think once I realized, like I, I went to a grammar school where there's a lot of people who are much more intelligent, much more smarter than me. Like, and uh, they would have, um, you know, had their they want to be doctors, want to be lawyers, want to, and I just kind of was like, I, I'm just happy to be here. So I think, you know, in the school environment, just trying to make people laugh and you know to get by that way was maybe when it started. But you know, to know again, I don't really know how I've got to here, but you know, I'm I'm content with it. If that makes sense, you know. Yeah. So. That was sort of the first time I remember being maybe funny intensely anyway. Was any of your, your parents or your, your brothers and sisters or wider family circle funny? Well, this is, this is the thing that's could be, it's quite sort of prevalent now is we were, we were talking about where I, I got my funny bones from and nobody can figure it out because my mom and dad are, are not funny. You know, neither <laughs> do them are funny. My, my sister is very like, you know, she'd be the opposite. You know, she's a crack police. And <laughs> so, you know, we were chatting it. And, I, and the only person that was my, my I have a great aunt who would be sort of more like a granny to me. Mm. And she would have, would have come around her. And she would have always brought jokes around with her. Like she'd always had a wee one-liner here or there come around. And I'd always tried to make her laugh. And um, she'd be big into, like, she absolutely loved, like, Roy Walker and Bob Monkhouse and people like that. And they would have loved catchphrase and things. And I remember watching that with her. And it was actually recently she... uh just passed away there about a month ago and it was, it was oh, heartbreaking you know and but like writing her uh, I, I did a reading at her at her funeral and writing mm. about her and it's like she's the one you know she was the one who kind of would have put me on that track and m- maybe sort of sparked my interest in, in comedy and, and, and joking and things so yeah I think it would have been her but for a long time there we were like I don't know maybe I'm just some sort of weird maybe I'm adopted if it didn't facially look exactly like my dad and have the body hair of my mum I would, I would say, I was adopted, well, you know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I think it's from, yeah, I think it's from her. And you mentioned there, like, sort of maybe TV shows or stuff that your aunt, um, liked. Was there any comedians growing up or TV shows that you watched when you were a child? Maybe you weren't allowed to watch, but you and your mates watched them, or a comic that you were like, you just loved their crack. Well, I, I remember my dad having some dirty tape, like not a, a blue movie, <laughs> but like, a, I get. In the day, he would have listened to the, like he had it in his glove box, his car, and it was like some some Australian comedian, but it was <laughs> it was properly like blue comedy. And I remember yeah, yeah. popping that in one day, and it was the, I think the fact that it was so, you know, like I knew I shouldn't be listening to it, so it was yeah, a bit like, yeah. oh, why this is, you know? And I remember <laughs> laughing 
Um, at that, but like of of course, there's the the obvious ones like the Billy Connolly's. I think he's mm. been on in everybody's house at some point, yeah. you know. And yeah. but I remember sort of my era was it would have been the bit like I grew up. I was growing up sort of the night. These would have been my kind of era of 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 um being a kid and things like always watching those house party, you know, Saturday night television things like that. The comedy on that would have been the sort of earlier memories I would have had of of comedy. And then again, my parents not really that into comedy, you know, so yeah, it would have been yeah. maybe more when I was a teenager watching films, kind of like, like the super bads of the world and things like that. Those would have been when I really got into it. And then if you've seen some of the characters and that, some of the actors would have done stand up, Will Ferrell would have done SNL, things like that. And then you would have kind of done your own sort of um, research, if you would, into, into that. And that's kind of how I think I got a real interest in it okay. from that. What about like your first gig? You know, was there? Can you remember that? Can you remember? Oh, you know, was yeah. it like like sweating bloody buckets? Like you know, it like it, it was strange. I, I had quite an interesting um, introduction to to stand up. I think I started off. I, I was in a sketch group. So this is many years ago. A fella, I went to school with set up uh, a sketch group called FNT. Mm-hmm. And again, we we would have been friendly enough, but we wouldn't have been like close friends. We would have just sort of you know known each other and been. Brand and he asked me to be in the sketch group, which was a bit like that's a bit random. But you know, whenever he told me about it, I thought, oh, I'd absolutely love to to do that. And uh-huh. at the time, again, to me, freeing from here, I think we're very sort of set in our ways. You think to do something slightly different or out of the ordinary, you wouldn't ever really think about doing it. So whenever mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to do the sketches, I was like, all oh, right, let's do it. And then I absolutely loved doing that. And the sketch group I was in had people like Aaron Butler was in it. That's how I met him, Diona Dougherty. Um, was in it as well and you know like through that then we went to the Edinburgh Fringe and then met the likes of Mickey Ian and John Haggerty people like that and then we sort of struck up a friendship first whilst I was kind of in the sketch group and then as we kind of sort of again there was 11 or 12 people at one point in the group so it got to a certain point where everyone was wanting to do different things whenever we were kind of splitting up um, those three Boys especially were like you. You're you know you're you're funny like you skip stand up a go, mm. and then I I somehow again I don't know why I stuck at it to be honest because the start the the first oh man the first few gigs were <laughs> just absolutely oh, they were atrocious like they absolutely I like when when people say they ate shit <laughs> yeah I I had, a, I had a buffet of it you know the first <laughs> few gigs it was, it was oh man it was horrible and the very first gig I did was in I think it was called Molly's Parlor. Which is a cafe that doesn't exist in Lisburn anymore. Right. And I've been asked to do this. Like someone had said, listen, oh, we've a spot here. Do you want to come and do it? And I think I'd known the, the booker through through the, the sketch group. And I said, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, come on. And I, I didn't know what to expect. Like obviously, I'd watched a lot of comedy, seen a lot of stand up, and thought, I, I can, I know this. But when I went in, I had a lot of material, and it was like probably five minutes set about what's Facebook like, you know? And <laughs> when I went in, I was expecting it to be like a group of people, maybe like students or, or similar age to myself. And I went in and there was like five pensioners just sitting there drinking a pot of tea. Oh, and I was thinking, <laughs> none of these references you're getting, not that any of them are any way good either. Like, so they're very yeah. basic material, but about a subject, you just have no interest in it at all. And yeah, it was, yeah. and then, you know, at, at the end, I was like, I remember saying, oh, thanks very much for, um, for the time. I put the mic back in. And it was, silence no claps nothing <laughs> kind of oh, like i just what? done a job interview like oh, all right just cool and i went okay and for some reason and, and, and again I, I i did if maybe two or three more gigs after that 
Mm. That we're just so bad that, but there must be something in my head, delusion or whatever it is. To go, <laughs> I'll, I'll figure, I'll figure it out one day. And I think when I was about to pack it in, I I wrote my first bit that actually worked. And whenever that first bit worked, I was like, right, okay, I kind of think I've it figured out a bit to, you know, keep hanging in here for a bit, and then, then coming. In, I think it's my tenth year now, so if, yeah, I've stuck it out rightly in, the, right. in the long run. So. <laughs> So yeah, so touch wood, it continues and it all, I keep getting better because it couldn't be any worse for the first few, wow, wow. And I'm just grateful because I see a lot of new comedians now, they're firing clips out everywhere on Instagram, TikTok, and if I had any of my original sets recorded, I'd be running out of town, like, so I'm glad that <laughs> I, I missed that era, for sure. Well, like, you obviously have, you know, a you know, determination in a good way about yourself. And you mentioned about other comics from Northern Ireland. And, yeah. you know, I I feel that we have a very unique humour here because we have a thing which I would call the Troubles Hangover, which is, yeah. you know, nowhere else in the world, whether it be, you know, England or the South or wherever, really can understand the, the unique perspective and the lens that a lot of people here see life through. And a lot of, you know, Northern <laughs> Irish comics, including yourself, are just going from strength to strength to strength to strength. You know, like I said, you've been on the BBC. Do you know what I mean? You've done big yeah. shows in Edinburgh. So what is it about here? Is is there something about here? You know what? It's it's a, it's a strange thing, you know, and sometimes you, you're when you're in something, you don't really think a lot about it, mm. if you know what I mean. But there was a time we were we were talking, I think maybe last, like of all times last night, I did a live podcast with Kieran Barnett last night and uh-huh. we were just musing about things and we were doing the old classic, uh, we're playing, we're playing FIFA on his, on his No Blasters podcast and we had yep. gone down the classic, uh, religion line. So we'd split the team. So one, one, two players were, so me and William Thompson, even though I'm, I'm a mixed, yeah, I'm yeah. a muggle, <laughs> you know, I'm mudblood. <laughs> even, even though I'm a mudblood, I was, uh, with William and we were Rangers and they were selling. And we were just, we we're hamming up all the, the differences and then we, we were afterwards we're like it is funny because we were like doing that on purpose to be silly uh-huh. but the whole scene at the minute just doesn't matter what your background is what mm. your belief your your sexuality your religion anything if you're looking to be funny and make people laugh you're welcomed in you know yeah. people are and I, and I think for for such a a, a, a sort of splintered society really mm. the comedy scene is very very inclusive you know because the one goal is to make people laugh and, and make light of things, so there are the serious topics, there are the things, and but it's it's taking the piss is it what unifies everybody, and we never really have ever had any issue with with that side of things at all. So I think that's the the good thing about it, and I think whenever you're with like minded people and you know you you know thing you know where the line is of what's offensive mm. and what's not, and and you also think too that you know if there is the you can get like if you think about it, <clears throat> like if you're in in a school assembly or you're in like at a funeral or something and you know that's the time not to laugh yeah that's the most likely you are to want to laugh you know when something gets you oh you're trying that so i think you know if you if you know if you're touching on subjects you know you shouldn't be laughing at if you can Mm. shine a bit of humor on it and do it the right way that's stuff that you get the most kind of laughter out of so i think um with the society as it is you know for the majority obviously you get some people who you know, we we would poke fun at, you know, take everything too seriously, like the sort that would maybe like be sitting on a on a Saturday being like, I can't wait to Monday to phone Stephen Nolan and give off about <laughs> something, you know. There's there's I think there's the flip side of that that we have a great sense of humour. And I think that that's kinda of coming out of of the the troubles and coming out of the how 
you know, serious everything was. People just want to kind of have a laugh and try to move forward in that, in that way too. So I think the scene, that's maybe one of the reasons why the scene has, has gone the way it has. And then also with it being quite a small small country and, it's, and, and and even with like opportunities. So with even like the BBC or with ITV or anything like that, there's not a load of money to help and develop comedy really. And it, yeah. it has been for years quite scarce. Mm-hmm. So with that, and as the scene's been rising, like we, we did our gig in the Ulster Hall in 2016 where we just thought, you know what? We think there's an audience here. Let's put on a, let's six of us do the Ulster Hall and see if it doesn't sell out, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, At least we've given it a go. Yeah. And then when it did, we sort of went, well, you know what? Maybe the, the, the way to make a career and do things is changing a bit. So without having to maybe go through the, the traditional route, we could sort of build up our podcast, build up our fan bases ourselves still sell tickets to shows and then mm. obviously when the opportunity comes for things like working on the BBC or doing radio, you know, you, you jump at it. So, you know, I think that's been it. It's, we've kind of set it up quite independently and we're trying to push the scene that like obviously you have the likes of the Tims of the world and the, the Colin Murphys and Diego Keynes and, and, and co. But to to go from maybe like that core and um, Neil Dugans and, and people to, to how many there are now, I think it's just, you know, the internet's a big point to play yeah. there too. You can yeah. put on your own gigs, you can build your own fan base, you can put out your own content relatively easily mm. so you don't have to rely on getting commissions or getting, you know, developed through that traditional route. So I think that's just bringing the fan base to you and then, you know, it's just trying to develop that really. So I think, yeah, the scene is is class at the minute. Everybody's working together. It's very inclusive. It's very um supportive. And yeah, I think it's a really good time to be a comedian from here. Happy days, happy days, and that's that's it's really good to hear, and it's really refreshing to hear, you know. Um, and and if if I well, I've done a little bit of stand up before once, done it down south at a festival at Wild Roots. I hope to do something in in October. Um, so fingers crossed that I I feel the yeah. same love and warmth, which I'm sure I will out there. But just talking about fans, that's the thing. No, no, that's one thing that I will say. See, if you're starting out, I'd say to any kind of comedian wanting to start out, the mm. best thing to do. As well as be funny, which always helps. Yeah, is yeah. be sound. You know what I mean. If you if you're there and you just if people like if people know that you're sound, that goes a long way. You know, yeah. people are like oh, yeah. they easy to work with. Let give them spots. You know, and and I think that's that's the key. Just be sound, funny, simple. <laughs> yeah, don't be an absolute ass. <laughs> you know. Yeah, listen, but but you'd be surprised. There are still some people out there, but like you know what? Let's go down this route. Let's just be super. You know, cocky, arrogant, wind people up, and you're like, "Well, that might work if you're like Conor McGregor." But let's yeah. be honest, you're, you know, you're doing <laughs> you're not five screwed. minutes, yeah. yeah, and upstairs, upstairs in the public, you know, relax. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> well, I just funny you just say about you know the arrogance of its own people and audiences and all sorts of things. Hecklers, how do you deal with a heckler? Yeah. I mean, you know, if a heckler comes at you, <sighs> I, like, I mean, is it is it an immediate slap down? Or is it, you know, let's 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 just vibe here and I'm gonna use your perhaps and at times negative energy yeah. or your shouting out and make it work for you? It all like ultimately it it can be a good or a bad thing. You know, mm. I think nowadays too. I, I have a real I think like there's a lot of like because people are trying to put content out all the time yep. through crowd work clips, other bits and bobs. I think people are seeing crowd work clips and thinking, ah, this is all part of it. You know, you go out, we shout out and, and, and it can have its, have its part, you know. And I think the worst sort of heckling you can get is when people are maybe like really hammered and they're making, there's, they're not saying anything that makes any sense. Ah. And then if you, like if someone heckles you, you get them wee bit of back and forth, it's good crack, you know. 
Um, like I, I did a gig there last week, and to be fair, someone got me an absolute humdinger. I was talking, <laughs> I said, I was talking about uh, just turning thirty-seven. So I was like, oh, I've just turned thirty-seven, and some woman went stone, and I was like, ah. Some other writing projects together, so 
he would have known I would have been working then in the evenings working on something else. So yeah. I think it's all about balancing it. So now being being full time at it, I kinda would have like a try where I can to keep the weekends just for family stuff. So and and her, but then obviously at night when the kids are in bed, it's you know, you go to work, you go to gig and and you go to the other thing. So you try I try to balance it as best I can, but then like some weeks you're just busier than others and the other, you know, when you're home you just try to trying to hang out with the kids as much as you can. And that's something that I kind of find, you know, almost a wee bit of guilt about because, like, the kids are my main father. Like, when I'm of a course. kid, it's like, you know, these two wee jerks, I don't know what, <laughs> what, what to be, you know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit harsh on them, it, but it, I couldn't be more more different than what I'm like in I, day-to-day life. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. um, I, I worry when they get old enough to be able to, like, you know, watch <laughs> clips or see anything. But, you know, and, like, I've had people who... You know, there's been a few parents who've been to my gigs from the primary school, and some ones who like have like there's um, before I met like one of the first days Holly was in primary school, and that was like, oh, I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I, the first thought was, oh no, <laughs> 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 uh, I want to sort of like keep that you know hidden almost, but yeah, yeah, um, you know, then he, I remember, um, I was walking in with, with Holly by the hand and the wee one with the hand and walking in, and he was like, like looking at me, kind of like. You're a piece of shit. Like you, <laughs> you get on like you hit these guys, and really, you know. So that's kind of big soft. You know, even yeah. So even like the last show, I kind of sat back and thought, you know what, I need to maybe be a wee bit less tough on my wife and my kids in this show because it does sound like I really genuinely hate them. And one of these could be further from the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, so. you know. Y- I, I mentioned earlier and, you know, there's again, you, you've gigged all across the north and you have a show coming up now in the courthouse in Bangor on the 7th of December. Yes. Now, obviously, don't want to reveal too much, but for yeah. anybody that's listening, that's thinking, Jesus, I might go to that or, you know, I like Dave's comedy. What can yeah. they expect? Well, you know what? What I can say, I, this is, I, I did this, was my kind of big show I did in August. I did the Wall Garden and Banger, which was part of Open House Festival. So it was a big outdoor um, venue, 400 seats. Great. It was, it was for me because I kind of planned to take this year off from right. doing a, a new solo show. So at the start of the year, I, I sort of thought, right, I need to get a, a couple of writing projects. I need to get over the line. So I thought this year I'll focus on, on finishing them. And then if you know i'll just keep doing spots and i've got the real bug for doing stand at the minute i'm, I'm really enjoying it so, so i've yeah. just been and then i noticed all this stuff's coming together i'm sort of talking about you know themes of for me the themes of what i was talking about was sort of what what is my purpose like what is my role like why you know am i a dad am i like i'm because now my wife she goes out she calls herself the main breadwinner i'm the, <laughs> kind of the, the housekeeper now so i have my role <laughs> respect and and there's so many different things to so many different people. And I thought, mm. ah, you know, I did a show a couple of years ago called Pillow Talk. So I thought, you know, I could do a play. Again, it was just about chatting to my wife in bed, none of that kinky stuff. <laughs> and then I thought role play's got a wee bit of a sexual innuendo to it. Yeah, so and yeah. that's not literally not about role play. It's about what is my role in the world. So then I, I, the guys at Open House were like, we've got the wall garden here if you want to do that. And I was like, that's my... I kind of somewhere I've always wanted the headline. It's ah. my hometown. I've got enough material here. Let's give it a rattle. So then I did the role play show in the Royal Garden, and then I thought, right, this is going to be my show that I'm going to tour sort of in the springtime, and um, just you know, there's de- demand enough to do it in Bangor again. I thought let's do it just before Christmas. You know, be able to get the kids a couple of Christmas presents off the back of it too. So you know, 
that's how it came together. But I, I do genuinely think it's my it's my favourite show anyway, and and the feedback to the the show and baggers been been really great. So, um, by then it should be the finished article. I ended up doing an hour and twenty at the Wall Garden, and the show should just be an hour. So I'll cut trim all the fat, and then it should be a nice tight hour of stand up. So if you like me and you've seen me before and you want to see me at my best, this is the one to come to. Okay, okay. Well, before we get all your socials and you can plug that again and all sorts of things, I do a quick fire round with every single person that I have on the podcast. Nobody ever does a quick fire, so you're under no pressure. It doesn't okay. have to be bang, bang, bang. You know bang. what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to do a quick fire. Okay, Let's go. Okay. My, brain's, my brain's working. <clears throat> Let's go. Okay, right. If you were a drink, alcohol or otherwise, what would you be? People say I'm like a pint of Guinness because people pretend to like me. Oh, I couldn't be a pint of Guinness because it's got a, a strong top. I would need to be something very weak top because I've gone <laughs> pretty bald of late. I would go for something. Like, I'd be wee vodka and white, you know, just something like the older lady seemed to like it. You know? <laughs> and, you know, and you regret it a lot the next day. So I'd be, I'd be fucking white. Sure. <laughs> I love it. If you had a superpower, what would it be and what would you do with it? Oh, I would like to have the ability to run on all fours as fast as a dog. I just okay, think that would fair. startle people. So people <laughs> be looking at you walking and you know, be like, what's going on here? That would be a pretty good just to chase baddies. Chase baddies. Yeah, of course. I love it. <laughs> Actually, I can imagine that in my head and I'm like, <laughs> 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 um, it would be what's If you have a go to hangover food, so you know, you've been on the rep, you've done a big show, you go on the sesh after, you're really happy with it. Um, what's the, what's the, the go to? It's a foot long Subway Italian herb and cheese bread. Okay. You have chicken, chicken and bacon ranch, double oh. regular cheese, oh. lettuce, gherkins, onions, southwest oh. sauce. <laughs> you have, yeah, you have to make a meal of it. So you have to get the cheese Doritos and you have to get the, the mountain dew as well. So that's, oh. that's like, you, and that's if I'm really in the doldrums. Like that's just <laughs> bad. You are a filthy animal. <laughs> oh, I love it. Though. I love it. <laughs> you can go on a date with anybody, living or dead. Who would it be, and where would you go? Ooh, um, no, it, it could be two, two different. Like who, who, who I fancy more than anyone is Kelly Brook, without a shadow of a doubt. So, <laughs> right. yeah, she was like, uh, she's my favorite. But you know, depending on who would have the most crack with. I just did a podcast there with Julian Simmons, and I just love him. I so, seen it. Yeah, I seen yeah. it. I thought it was yeah. with with Shane and 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 oh, uh, yeah. and and Julian. Yeah. I seen clips on so, TikTok. Very funny. Yeah, so I'd either go go on a date with Kelly Brook or Julian Simmons. They'd be my two. <laughs> I love it. Go for. And the final question: I in front of me have a magic ball, a, a mystic jack. I haven't come up with a better name Ooh. for it yet. But I have a magic ball yeah. in front of me, and I can transport you to any venue across the world, any stage size, um, to do a stand-up. You can be the headline. It can be a live podcast. You can be supporting. It can be, you know, in your hometown, as you as you talked about there, um, yeah. in in Bangor. It could be Madison Square Garden. It could be the O2. It could be SSE. Where would it be? What would be the context around that? Well, well that's a tough one. Like you, the wall garden, I would have said mm. until it did it because it was just you know it's always somewhere on the headline. But if we're talking big, I'm just thinking somewhere that would be. I would love to do a headline show in the comedy store in LA. I think that would be somewhere from going back. You know, that's always been a venue that I've I've sort of. Throughout history, you know, read the stories, of, you know, read the book of you die, I'm, I'm a dying up here and things like that. And just there's a nice kind of like the whole Hollywood aspect of the history of it and everything. I think to be able to do a headline show there would be really cool. Um, 
And then if you're really balling, Radio City and New York would be a cool on the, the headline. But again, when you say that and you're from here, people will be like, what's he smoking? You know, so, <laughs> I mean, if it's completely, fa- completely um, fantasy, yeah, go, mm. go for those. So why not? You know? sure. Well, look, before we, uh, before I love you and leave you, where can people find all, you know, your socials? Where can they get tickets to your coming gigs? Just do the massive plugs, not the butt plug, just the massive plugs. No, well, I mean, if it's a butt plug, listen, I have a selection. I'll be here all day. So <laughs> I go for, go for, on my Instagram, I'm Dave LA Comedy. So there's some wee link tree there, all the links to wherever I am there. I'm, I'm everything, every social of Dave LA Comedy apart from Twitter, which Dave LA Comedy is too long for, or X, sorry. So oh, I'm yes. just the, the Dave Elliott, which I must have been an absolute egomaniacal beast to never <laughs> pick that handle. But yeah, I'm the, the Dave Elliott on, on X, Twitter as well. So Fantastic. And everything you need to know about me is there. And of course, your upcoming gig is on the 7th of December as well. It's called Roadplay. Yeah, I don't want to sound too, too big-headed here, but there's not a lot of tickets left for it. No, we went on sale today, mm-hmm. so... Hopefully, if this is out quickly, people will hop on board and we'll be grand. Fantastic, fantastic. Dave, thank you very much indeed. Listen, Jack, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me.